Welcome to Too Deep, Hokies Under the Influence. My name is Pete Berthod, and my co-host is Robbie Dowling. Well, we're back, Robbie. We're back in the tournament two years in a row. Uh, I'm so happy. This is just after the selection show on Sunday night we're recording, and I, I couldn't be more pleased that we're in the tournament again. It hasn't happened often for us. <laughs> no, no. Last time back-to-back, 1985, 1986, as uh, most people uh, probably have seen, which is pretty incredible how long that's been. A a Curry was playing, just not a current uh, (laughs) NBA uh, Curry. (laughs) Yeah, the dad of that guy. Yeah, it's been a long time, over 30 years since back-to-back trips to the NCAA tournament for us, and it feels really good, especially after the last week that we've had. Uh, the last two games for Virginia Tech were not great. <laughs> no, they uh, they ended well. One of them ended about as <laughs> miserably as it could. So uh, it was it was not a good look going into into selection. Even though I think we felt pretty comfortable about the resume. Do we want to do a quick cheers just to the team, or are we gonna? I, I know you're not feeling so well tonight. Yeah, uh, a little bit of food poisoning. Uh, so we were we were fifty fifty on whether we we're going to be recording. So. Uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna be struggling through this one, but I will I will make it happen. Um, and yeah, I think a toast to to what Buzz and the team have done um, two years in a row. I actually saw a stat. I follow the Reddit College Football Twitter account, and it said you know teams that have made a bowl game and the tournament two years in a row, and there was only like seven teams listed on there. So we're in a, wow we're in good company. Uh, so cheers to the the basketball team and on uh, a second year and. Let's, uh, yeah, let's get into this uh, and, and talk about the, the matchup. Yeah. Cheers, man. I'll drink for two tonight. <laughs> I got my water. <laughs> yeah. So Virginia Tech was selected as an eight seed after the, uh, the loss to Notre Dame in the ACC tournament. If we had won that game, we might have been able to pop up to a seven. And, you know, I thought we were going to win that game. I think just about everyone did when there was 15 minutes left and we had a 20, 21 point lead. 21. Uh, yep. And, uh, it just kind of evaporated on us, man. <laughs> yeah. There were various different opinions. I, I thought typically, well, first of all, you don't often see that much of a, uh, you know, of a blowout kind of turning around and end up losing a game like that. But nor more often than not, what you would see is, Huge lead in the first half, and then the other team comes out in the second half just on fire, and you just see a complete turn. What made this so unique was we were actually playing well in the first five minutes of that second half. Um, that was what I think I was most most surprised about was that it, it wasn't a complete turnaround. It, you know, when in fact, we actually came out and we were playing pretty well when initially. Yeah, the way Notre Dame came back, there were some key moments, including the technical foul on Chris Clark after Notre Dame had gotten going a little bit. Him and Farrell were on the baseline, and Clark like kind of pushed him and extended his hand. Uh, there was and and Farrell sold it and you know made it for all it was worth, like milked it for all it's worth. And uh, they called the technical foul on Chris Clark, and there was still plenty of time for us to stop the bleeding at that point. But that was a key point in the comeback. And, and the guys started playing really scared, like just before and after that. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. And you felt that even in the last kind of couple minutes, uh, even though it was close, 
that um, there's no chance that we we're going to win that game given how much it had transpired. Yeah, it, and everything had to go right to come back from that. But like you saw things like Bonzi Colson's three pointer, which looked like it was going clean out of bounds, and then somehow <laughs> banks in. I, and 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 every single time they made a basket, Notre Dame is so annoying and just like cheering and going nuts. And and they still had like ten points to go or five points to go, and it just like they felt like they were going to win. And I started to feel like they were going to win. And lo and behold, we didn't score a point for like six or seven minutes and they won. <laughs> yeah. I think they had us, I forget, you know, how those, um, how the probability, win probability wins kind of transpire. But at, at one point, I think we had like a 90, I'm looking right now, like a 98% chance of winning. 983 it actually hit 99.1% chance of, oh my of winning the game. Jeez Louise. Um, yeah, those percentage for win probabilities are always kind of funny. But uh but that that is crazy. Yep. And uh it was uh it was too bad like you said. Um you know, it may have gotten us to a 7 seed that could have been beneficial, but you also the way that the tournament sets up, you don't know who you'd be facing, you know, if you right. if you made that move because you got some teams that are coming into the tournament hot. Some are that kind of you know were cold, but they had a, a solid resume. You got a team like Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma hasn't. They've won like their last win was like in February, I think. Is um, and they're in the tournament. It's um, you don't know how that could change things. You can kind of only look forward. Absolutely, especially because if you're the seven, the difference isn't great in the team you'll play. I think it's more just that. People, you don't want to play the one seed in the next game if you were to win. Yep. Though this year it seems more open than most, I still think you'd rather not play a one seed if you can avoid it. So that's more of about getting off the line. But you're right in terms of the actual matchup for the first game, which you have to win the first one in front of you anyway. Like the ten seeds are Texas and Butler, and you know those are good teams. So you're not like it's not a great disparity between Bama and Butler. Yep. It's it's going to be a tough team no matter what, whether you're seven, eight, nine, or ten. Uh, so let's talk about Bama then. Just a bit of background. They're coached by Avery Johnson, former NBA coach and player. Uh, Nineteen and fifteen this year for Bama, and eight and ten in the SEC. They were actually under five hundred in the conference, and it was a pretty good conference this year in the SEC. Uh, it's not always the strongest conference. Sometimes it's just Kentucky and a bunch of other teams and for basketball. But this year was pretty solid, and Bama actually went six and two against top twenty-five teams this year. One, that's a lot of matchups versus top 25 teams in general, uh, which shows the strength of their conference a little bit. But to go 6-2 and two in those games is really impressive. Yeah, no, it is. And the SEC was getting a lot of love um, when they, as you kind of cut through the, the season. Um, you know, you began to hear about the SEC almost as much as you did about the ACC. And, you know, we just put nine teams in the tournament from the ACC. Um, and, you know, that, that, that'll lead to a lot of top 25 matchups. But even... You know, even even so, you know, six and two is is pretty ridiculous, and um, and that's a I think a lot of what you know carried the day for them, given um, you know their overall record wasn't anything that's kind of mind blowing, but you know, obviously had a lot of quality wins. Yeah, they played a tough schedule overall. Ken Palm had it ranked as the tenth toughest schedule in the country, so a lot of opportunities for big wins. But when you look at the six and two versus top twenty five, like. They took advantage of those opportunities more times than most. They were just very inconsistent. Uh, before the SEC tournament, they had lost five straight. And then they ripped off two wins, including beating Auburn for a second time 
And that's really what got them into the tournament. They were a bubble team before that second Auburn win. They did have the big win against Auburn, who's a four seed. Um, that was also behind what we'll get into here in a second. You know, Sexton had 31 in that game. Um, oh, yeah. And Auburn had just lost their big guy uh, to a nasty kind of ankle injury. So, you know, Auburn was had somebody else in there that you know hadn't been playing as much. Uh, lost one of their key guys, but it was it was it was nice. And then they had the buzzer beater to beat uh, Texas A and M in the opening round of the tourney, uh, and then they just got it handed to them uh, by twenty three against Kentucky, who we now know is a, a five seed. Um, but also one other note in that Kentucky game, as we're kind of thinking about how this team's playing, um, another one of their players, Hall was out in that cup in that game because in the previous game he had a he had gotten a concussion so he was actually out against uh kentucky so just something else to keep in mind you know he's their second leading scorer overall so yeah um, but you know uh kentucky wiped the floor with them so it's all relative right true hall is kind of like us they only have one big man that's a really high impact and it is hall they have much more size on the roster it's just that hall is by far their their highest impact of of the big men so losing him you know for that kentucky game was big i would i would imagine uh i guess if i had to sum up their team i said they're inconsistent you know just in schedule wise but overall they're just inconsistent they turn the ball over a lot uh they're but they're a good defensive team and uh points per game wise they're 221st in the country so it's it's about defense and and taking care of the basketball are the times that that they win games and when they turn the ball over a lot that's the that's the time they they really struggle and they, they can struggle to score when Sexton isn't taking over a game. Yeah, uh, nineteen points per game uh, for him. So uh, shooting about thirty four percent. I think he was second um, in three three point percentage from the team behind another guy, John Petty, um, that was shot thirty six percent behind the arc, but, you know, I, it's hard to say as much as, you know, somebody could look at our team and say, you know, when Justin Robinson is off, you know, sometimes we'll find ways to win. I think it's very much similar for them that if, if, you know, if, if, if Sexton's not playing well, uh, this team tends to struggle and it's the games like that Auburn game where if, when he goes off, um, they're able to take down top teams. Yeah. And Sexton is a freshman. And so, while he's extremely talented and could very well be a lottery pick and could be the best point guard prospect in the draft, it's like him and Trey Young from Oklahoma. Uh, the fact of having a freshman point guard in the tournament, I don't think is optimal. And I like the fact that we have a veteran point guard, Robinson, to you know match up with him. That makes me feel good. Although Sexton is extremely scary, <laughs> nevertheless. We are a better three-point shooting team than them. They shot 30% from three in conference play. We shot 36% from three in conference play. And it, any Hokie fan that's been following the team closely knows that our three-point percentage dropped significantly in conference. We were actually shooting really, really well beforehand. So any given night, we can heat up from three, but they've never really been that way. But they defend the three extremely well. In fact, the percentages are practically flip flop. So it's it's a strength on strength thing. Like they they defend the three really well. We can struggle to do that quite a bit sometimes. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game to see who, what strength ends up you know taking advantage. Yeah, and you know I think it's been true for a lot of the games that um, 
there are nights that we we certainly live and die by the three <laughs> in games. True. Uh, so it's not not great that that's an advantage of theirs. Um, but you know, let's let's hope that um, you know having some veteran players on our team, in particular, like you said, at point uh, can help overcome you know what might be a strength of them. I felt like when I first saw the matchup and the bracket coming down, I, I was like, this stinks. We got screwed again. Like we're, we're going to have to play number one Villanova. This is the same exact thing that happened last year. Then, and we also had to play uh, Wisconsin last year who was you know, like underseeded or overseeded, however you want to say it. They got a bad seed. They should have been higher up and we had to play them. And, of course, they ended up upsetting Villanova last year. But I just felt like last year's draw was tough. And my initial reaction was that this year's draw was also, like, on the tougher side. And I wasn't happy. But then I see the location, the fact that the game's in Pittsburgh, which we don't have to go, like, all the way to Idaho or, God forbid, Wichita or something. Like, it's pretty close. It's a moderately close drive from Blacksburg. It's about five hours. Um you know, Even we, and then people coming from Northern Virginia. I mean, that's. I mean, it's it's not bad. In fact, it's. I travel to Pittsburgh a lot. It's more of a pain in the ass to fly there. It's actually easier just to drive in there. Um, to and instead of flying, if you're coming from Northern Virginia. So for business purposes, we would always elect to drive up there because it's actually easier than trying to get a flight. So that's a that's a huge bonus. We should have some decent fan support in the stands. Let's hope, and then. Uh, you know, as I looked further into the Alabama matchup, I saw Colin Sexton and these highlights from last weekend on ESPN, and I'm like getting all nervous when I see their name come up on the line. I dig a little deeper, and I realize this team is, you know, a Jekyll or Hyde type situation, and they only have one true impact big man. And although they are very athletic, you know, they're susceptible in some other ways. So, I, as I dug deeper, of course, I'm a Hokey fan, so I'm doing anything I can to make it seem better in my head. But I, I really do think it's better because when I, I was tweeting out like, you know, I don't like this and I feel like we got screwed and people were like, it's not that bad. So I'm, I'm starting to come around on that. Yeah. I think it, um, uh, I think it lines up, you know, pretty well for, for us and the reasons that you mentioned, I think location is big. I think, I think we'll travel pretty well, uh, in comparison to, you know, what, obviously there's not a ton of tickets, um, at least, uh, you know, uh, available, and um, I think they're doing a prioritization for tickets. But I, I think we'll travel as best as well as you you can to a tournament type game. So I think it'll be a good atmosphere. Yeah, I agree. I, I that is um, one of the things that you really don't expect when you're this low of a seed is to have a game in your region, uh, or you know, and and it's and it really is in our region. It's it's not terribly far at all. So that's kind of cool. The opening line I saw was us as the favorites, actually. Yeah, two, points. two points. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's always nice. I can't believe how fast they get the lines out and, and these types of things. <laughs> Got to get that cash out there. I mean, they, exactly. the sooner the line comes out, the sooner people can bet on it. <laughs> that's right. But, I, I mean, how do you even analyze the matchups and everything that quickly? And But, they, I mean, those guys are professionals in what they do. So, um, and, you know, there, there's teams of them that just all they do is analyze this stuff. So, it was pretty cool to see it come out that quick. And, uh, you know, you can't hate uh, being favored by two. No, no. I really do want to get this first win because the way Notre Dame ended, like such a bitter end to what was such a good season. And the Miami game too, the one point loss and the foul at the end and everything. Just the most bitter way to end a season, those two games. One point loss and then a twenty one point comeback loss. 
Yeah, and I, you, get, you hope I, you get a I shooter's get chance. I want the first one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a shooter's chance to take uh, take on a one seed. And um, But I'm more focused, like you said. on. I think it's good. As much as a hump can be only two years in a row, it's nice to get kind of that one tournament win. And then we're not just making it. You know, you're competing, right? And I think there's a difference there um, for a lot of teams. And it'll be nice to see if we can pull something out and, and compete. The interesting thing about potentially playing Villanova, and we'll only do this quick because we're not going to have a chance to do a podcast in between uh, Bama and Nova if we were to win. So let's just do a minute or two on Nova is that they're just a very, very, very good version of Virginia Tech. Again, they don't have a ton of size. I think one of the only big men they play is a freshman. And their point guard and uh, wing play is just excellent. So it's just like a really, really good version of Justin Robinson and Jalen Brunson and like a super version of Chris Clark or Justin Bibbs in uh, Mikhail Bridges, their small forward. And Brunson's a player of the year candidate for national player of the year. And Bridges is probably going to be top 10 lottery pick in the draft. So it's, uh, it's daunting to see a team that plays pretty much exactly your style with, with like your size of guys all over the court and just play it perfectly. Yeah. And for them, you know, they got four NBA likely talents, uh, for that, for that team. And the the difference for Villanova has been the chemistry and consistency of keeping those guys together. And that's some teams, you know, Duke, UNC, Kentucky, they do it by getting one and done guys, and they can do it year in, year out by picking up, you know, Duke picking up, you know, the top two number of overall, you know, picks uh, and in drafting those guys. But for Villanova, it's been con- that chemistry and that consistency, which is even more daunting because then it's just a lot more consistent. I feel like that, that when they're, yeah, it, there's veteran leadership out there. Both of those guys I named bridges and Brunson are, are juniors. Yeah. You know, they've been there. They've been to the tournament three times I, and they, they won. We're on the team that won the <laughs> national title, right? Yeah. And that's another thing. Villanova's going for trying to make it two out of three years, which is, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's pretty incredible. We saw our uh, rivals UVA get a one seed and, I, I kind of felt like Nova has been the best team in the country all year, but it's really hard to argue with the way UVA has played one loss in conference. I think we remember who who gave them that one. <laughs> um, but they took care of, what, UNC in the ACC Tournament Championship? Yep. And I, I, that's – hats off to what Tony Bennett has done at UVA. It's It's really unbelievable. Number one in the country, number one overall seed – uh, but I'm happy to see that Kentucky's in their bracket. That's right, and Kentucky is has turned it on. Um, so th- that I think went the win over winning the ACC tournament. Given the nine teams got put in from the ACC, just given you know how difficult the conference um, was proven to be, I think that's what gave them the the hat tip to get the overall number one. It would be very hard to, despite as talented as Villanova is, to justify, I think, um, you know, putting UVA, you know, as like the overall number two or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I I just hope that someone can knock them out. I don't want UVA going to a Final Four. Basketball, going to the Final Four is like winning a national title. You get to hang a banner. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want them to hang a banner. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's do a quick beer break. I am drinking a beer over here. We're going to still do one beer tonight. I'm drinking the Americanon from Heavy Seas. It's a double dry hopped American pale ale. Uh, I just bought this in a build your own six pack. Didn't seem too crazy, but it, it tastes a lot better than I thought. I like Heavy Seas Brewery. I, I rarely, um, you know, frown on any of their beers. This one's 5.75%. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. The Americanon from Heavy Seas. We had the combine last week. We'll go back to basketball at the end, but let's just talk combine for a minute. Uh, I don't have a ton on this, but the Edmonds Edmonds brothers were just incredible at this thing. Yeah, I and and it was both of them in different ways. Tremaine found a way to improve his stock. I, I watched a decent amount of the combine. I don't know if you watched it. We were I watched some, yeah. Um, and first of all, he's already coming in at ridiculous like top 10 hype i think it's pretty consistent uh, the lowest i've seen him recently is at like number 10 uh and he just continued to get more hype throughout the event and people were talking about him uh you had terrell with the it was the high jump right he, he, he was the second overall out of any position i think in 41 the, inches yeah right i think it was out of every position maybe it was just out of um you know his position and they had him work out the NFL scouts requested he was one of three guys as a defensive back to get um, asked to work out as a linebacker, um, which I thought that was huh. kind of interesting. Just um, perspective on not that necessarily he's going to end up in that role, but maybe they just want to kind of compare him from whatever size, stature, or physical ability. Um, and I'm not sure if that ended up happening, but I know it was requested of him to to do that. He looked a little slim down. I thought like he looked obviously extremely fast his 40 time was better than greg stroman someone we consider to be a speedster on the team now stroman still may be quicker but man that straight line speed for edmonds you know we did see it in a couple plays during the season there was a couple plays he made on an interception where he just had some makeup speed we were like holy crap that guy's fast and it showed at the combine Teller, I thought, had a pretty good showing as well. Uh, you don't hear as much about the offensive lineman, but his strength numbers were good and that kind of thing. Yeah, he came uh, in at like fifth out of most of the things that he did. And it was consistent because I kept thinking I was looking at the same one. I think he was like fifth in reps, um, fifth in, um, what is it, the shuttle time that they do. There was a few different mm-hmm. things that he he got around, and, and um, I think he had a good showing. Um Somebody did not have a good showing. And that was yeah. Uh, our, our friend who left early, Big Tim Settle, it didn't seem like he ran well. A couple of the drills didn't go so well. I felt kind of bad for him. Yeah, I felt bad as well. Um, especially since, you know, he's, you know he's, a, I mean, he's a bigger guy. But let's be honest here, right? He, I think he was at, he had dropped weight. So I think he was at 325 by the time a combine came around. Um. There was a dude that ran like a 5'1", uh, the guy in Washington, I think it is. He's like 365 oh, yeah. pounds. Granted, he's a freak of nature, but I mean, I, I don't remember exactly what Sim, Tim Settle's numbers were, but I thought they were like a 5'3'5", or something along those lines. And granted, I mean, how much does you know you really putting into that? But um, most of his his numbers were not were not great, so I did feel bad for him. 
Yeah, I still think he'll be drafted. I it's it probably took a hit, and those mocks where we're seeing him going in the second round will probably become fewer and far between. But hey, maybe he has a great pro day. I don't know what all goes into to what scouts are evaluating. You're like, will they look at a forty time for a defensive tackle? Like, how much will they even care? But uh, he wasn't great in some other things too. But you know what I mean. He has some time to make it up a little bit. But I, I still think Tim will get drafted. Uh, just not not be as early as it could have been if he had really shown at the combine. A couple other notes. Uh, Chung got a sixth year of eligibility. He tweeted that out. So that's great for our offensive line going into next year. He was our starting right tackle and will, I would guess, assume that role again. So that was fantastic news because we'll have him and Yosh and Braxton Pfaff back as starters. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the. I think the longest you can be uh, in is like seven years or something like that. And I think we've talked about this before. Where Stu Mandel, yeah. you know, they always joke around about who's the seventh year. Uh, I so six years is a long time, but hell, I, I'm glad to have him back. I mean, I think that's great. And one last thing was Quincy Patterson got another award. Uh, there was the Watkins Award, some kind of. I don't even really know what it's for. Just it's, awesome high school athlete. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually it's a, it's a mix of um, it's for the best African American uh, athlete and academic student uh, in the country, uh, or football player, obviously. Uh, so it was not just based on um, football; it was based on football his academics. The guy has uh, like a four seven uh, is his GPA. It does a ton of community service uh, work, and then they also base it on your actual application. You have to write, you know, a statement. Um, so he was up against, you know, a guy that was, I think it was a Notre Dame um, guy. Him, Jameis Winston, actually got that award uh, a while back. Okay. Um, so it's it's a pretty prestigious um, award, and it usually um, it takes into more than just even just football. You got to be a really sm- obviously everybody knows how smart that that guy is, and and everybody's excited about him and what he's going to do in the engineering program, even beyond football. But um, pretty cool. It is cool. Was there any other random things that I missed tonight? I know we didn't record that long ago, so I don't think too much has happened besides just the the basketball games. But no, I don't think so. I think that's what I had. Uh, I had, and I'm excited for. Um, you know, the game, I don't think we even hit that is, um, on TNT, it's the nine twenty game or 30 minutes after the game before it starts. Um, and, uh, it's obviously in Pittsburgh and it's on Thursday. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah. I think so. Last year we had the late slot, exact same slot. Villanova had played just before us cause they were in our, in our section and, I remember thinking last year, like, that's, you know, I'd, I'd like it to be at noon on Thursday just because I'm eager to watch the game. But if you lose at noon on Thursday, <laughs> you're, you're the whole weekend's shot. Like, you don't get to enjoy anything. It's so, just done. So at least, you know, I get to enjoy all the games leading up to our game on Thursday during the day. And uh, if they lose in bitter fashion, I'll just go right to bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then, uh, then it'll be perfect. And guess what? It's primetime, you know late night drinking. So, uh, take Friday off work and make a, make a night of it. There's not going to be, uh, too many people at work Thursday or Friday for that matter. Yeah. I, I'm hoping we have a game on St. Patty's day, Saturday. That would be pretty cool. I know 
and then my birthday is on uh, on Sunday. So uh, oh, is that right? Yeah. So um, there's a lot there's a lot of things that uh, are always riding in the middle of March these days. <laughs> a lot for of great me. reasons to drink this weekend for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, you got to get better. Hopefully, yeah, I shake whatever this bug is and uh, or or food poisoning, and I can get back out to there. Yeah. Uh, Get back out to to watch some games and uh, enjoy the birthday and St. Patty's Day. Sounds good, man. Well, I think that'll do it for tonight. If uh, Tech can, you know, get their first tournament win in, I guess, eleven years, uh, we'll hopefully be back next week. Maybe record. I mean, it, obviously, the hope is to make the Sweet Sixteen. If we make the Sweet Sixteen, you can count on a recording from us. Uh, if we don't, it'll be 50, 50. Well, yeah, <laughs> we'll I think to, that's we'll probably think about, about right. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, make sure, uh, email us 2dvt at gmail.com, Twitter at 2dvt, subscribe on iTunes or Apple podcasts and write us a review if you have time. Thanks again, as always, and go Hokies. Go Hokies.